0: Hello, I'm your host, Effie Pilarino, and today I have uh, the pleasure to have a guest that is a frequent guest, Richard Turin, the um, bestseller uh, author of Cashless, and uh, recognized uh, Techfin, not FinTech, uh, influencer, I would say, based in Shanghai, who really is the go-to uh, person to understand all that is going on around digital money, CBDCs, and, and and the cashless trends around the world. Welcome, Richard.
1: Hi, Effie. It's so wonderful to be here. And hello, everybody out there in podcast and video land.
0: Yeah you know um it's nearly going to be 2 years right in in next spring since you published your book and you've been sort of you foresaw this this trend maybe the timing you didn't hope that the timing would be so soon i don't know what you think about that but we're really moving fast in terms of um the, the transformation of money,
1: right? Yeah, absolutely. No, and not, I had no idea. When I started writing cashless. finding research on central bank digital currency was once a month, once every couple of months, there'd be a paper or an article. It was very infrequent. And in fact, I have a special Google RSS feed. And in the old days, the RSS feed would have one or two articles now, I literally am picking up, uh I'm not exaggerating when I say 50 to 60 articles per day because central bank digital currency has been adopted or the research is being done in some 90% of central banks across the world right now. So it's gone viral to use social media terms, and we're going to get cashless worlds coming up, and. Yes, many of the many of the countries will be based on central bank digital currencies, and here we're ready for it. My first controversial statement: that's happening, whether you like it or not.
0: I get it, and and uh, and uh, I'd like to warn uh, our audience today that um, our theme is going to be dedicated to anti-CBDC sort of attacks, if you want, that are floating around. There's plenty of them. And uh, you can think of Richard as a tennis player today. I'm going to be throwing tennis balls at him, which I've found, you know, all around the internet. And he has his racket and he will be hitting the balls that I'm throwing at him, and these are not my balls. They are the tennis balls that are out there, and there are plenty. Before we start, uh, Richard, I want to set the scene, because CBDCs is really an umbrella term, and and there's, you know, there's some live ones, there's pilots, there's many that are in, you know, research or consultation phase, There's a variety of them, but I would like to make the distinction between retail and wholesale, because I think that most of the anti-CBDC positionings, opinions, and hardcore, uh, you know, uh, narratives are against the retail ones and not the wholesale. Do you
1: agree? Oh, absolutely. Um, So the the concept of a WCBDC wholesale W for wholesale CBDC um, that's well established, and some actually make the argument that any digital transfer on existing systems, for example, are in fact CBDCs when they come from the central bank. They come from the central bank, they're digital, therefore they're a WCBDC. That's a bit of a stretch, but um, you'll find a lot less controversy. Look, people don't care how central banks and large institutions transfer their money back and forth. They really could care less. What they care about, and obviously what they should be concerned about, is what happens with their wallet. What are you doing with my money? And is it secure? Is it private? So um, uh, the idea today with those tennis balls is to look at some of the areas where people are, I believe, Unnecessarily being terrorized or being made afraid by people who are either exaggerating or, um, misrepresenting what CBDC is really about. And I deal with it. Look, I'm on Twitter, as you know, and I deal with it every day on Twitter. So hit the tennis balls at me. I'm ready.
0: Okay. Right. So. Let's also mention that all the live CBDCs that are basically the ones out of the Caribbean, uh, Nigeria, and, and China um, are are all retail ones, right? So they're, they're attacked, of course. Yes. Most of the world is attacking China because it's a very big country and an upcoming economy. They care less about what is going on in the Caribbean, or even uh, Nigeria, so I would say that most of the attacks, either explicitly or you know naturally, are against the the um, retail CBDC, the the digital um, uh, fund. So let's start from the very simple ones that talk about when when we talk about retail CBDCs, uh, people think that they are going to have an account with the central bank, people meaning an end consumer like you and me or businesses, my business, a small business, a large business, whatever. So is that true
1: or not? No, it's not. And I'm delighted to see that that's number one on the list because the most common misconception, and if you read the pieces that are what I call fear-mongering, trying to create fear, it's always the same narrative. And that is, you will get your money from the central bank, and they will control everything because you will have an account or your money will be issued by the central bank. And that's completely disingenuous and wrong. Your money... Will be, will come from your bank just as it does today. Think about cash right now. It's printed by the central bank or the treasury, technically, depending on what nation you live in, right? They print paper banknotes. You don't get your paper banknotes from the central bank. You get them from your bank who usually you get them from the teller or you get them from an ATM machine. That same system, that same idea will be used with central bank digital currencies. All of them currently use this where the digital currency is minted by the central bank, given to a retail bank or a commercial bank, and then you as the end user have the same relationship with your money as you do currently where you will get your digital currency from your bank. So you will not have a bank account with the Fed or with the, the central bank. They don't want to give you an account. They're not, they're not designed to do millions of people, millions of accounts. They're not designed for retail business. So that is a number one common misconception. It's wrong. And note, many of the people who use this argument know better.
0: But so the so role really tell you. The role, Richard, of commercial banks essentially will not change. First of all, they will not disappear. Uh, uh, it might change in terms of infrastructure, be it, you know, we call it a wallet instead of an account or whatever, but they're not going to disappear. And and, and it's Absolutely. Not, right. So so there's the, no
1: the, 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 yeah. The concept that central bank digital currency will destroy banks is another one that, again, does not acknowledge that banks will essentially have the same role for cash distribution with central bank digital currency as they do today with actual physical cash and, to a certain degree, with your credit cards, which are digital means of payment. So again credit cards bank and you you have the relationship with your card and your bank you know it's and that that relationship does not change with central bank digital currency
0: right and i mean we see in the market too that the big um, card networks uh, uh, the big duopoly of of visa and mastercard are getting a, a, are preparing the infrastructure to be ready to move central bank digital currencies so, so that again is evidence that, um, uh, this is not about eliminating all these intermediaries, the, the retail banks, uh, the card networks and so on, and giving all the power to the central banks in terms of distributing and monitoring money. It's just, um, a, a different form of issuing money from the central bank, correct?
1: correct absolutely 100% correct
0: and and and, and what you said about um, you know people uh, thinking that um, banks will disappear um you shared with me an article which really was very surprising by uh, a crypto native the the ex ceo of um Uh, BitMEX. BitMEX is one of the biggest crypto derivative exchanges. Um, The name is Arthur Hayes. Arthur Hayes now uh, is co-founder of one of the big crypto funds. It's called the 100X Group. And what he's saying in this article is that CBDCs are evil and basically his argument is that the banks, the retail commercial banks are the people's allies and they're going to be eliminated and all their power is going to go to the central bank and the central bank is evil because it will monitor, you know, all our actions. And I don't know what paper tigers they're seeing. They're seeing something like surveillance of our credit score what do you think richard
1: okay so there's two issues here first of all arthur hayes i kind of i have a soft spot for arthur because bitmex was actually founded in shanghai and he is a former shanghai uh a veteran and i respect him for that i just have to say this because it's true arthur hayes is doing t- 2 months of home lockdown right now because he was indicted in the United States for not taking KYC information from U.S. clients on the BitMEX exchange. So Arthur believes very deeply in this concept of free money, where money should be free of government and free of state. I I would have to ask him to to go into further detail. However, Arthur's a smart guy, and he should know better. And this is the problem. I am sure that Arthur has read at least a few reasonable articles. Please, Arthur, call me. I'll be happy to send you some. We'll have a discussion. But he must know that central bank digital currencies maintain the relationship that the individual has with the commercial bank. Now, the next point that he makes about surveillance, again, The government does not know who is using the central bank digital currency. They don't have KYC data. They don't have your name attached to a digital token or a digital currency. So when you spend the digital dollar or a digital euro, the European Central Bank or the the US government doesn't know who spent that the only person who understands or knows who spent that money is your bank and that's exactly analogous to what you have with credit cards today the only way the government the FBI the Interpol or whatever finds the police find out who's behind that credit card transaction is with a warrant they have to go to a judge get a warrant to find out to connect the credit card transaction with the name of the person and that's the same in the cbdc world nothing has changed now look i like arthur and i said i have a soft spot but he knows that and his article was designed to create fear and that's wrong. And most of the crypto guys are very sophisticated. They can tell you blockchain. They can tell you about encryption. They can tell you about all of the underlying technologies that get built into CBDC. So how is it that they are miraculously incapable of reading even the most basic article or the most basic paper about CBDC design for those that have already been built. It's disingenuous and it's fundamentally wrong. And I'm calling not just Arthur out, but I'm calling them all out on this.
0: You know, uh, Richard, I have also um, a sweet spot for those that philosophically are aligned with um, the, um, uh, the, the open and permissionless, uh, if you want to trend, uh, open and permissionless in terms of the movement of value, be money or, or whatever it is. And that is where they're coming from, but they're not offering solutions in terms of how to, replace what we have with an open permissionless infrastructure because that's what we are talking about and the other day I was reading um, um, in a group a blockchain focused um, private group on, on WhatsApp um, that um, I, am, uh, I am part of and I, I, I was stunned when I read this, but I started understanding where they're coming from. And I'm going to, to read uh, an excerpt from this. CBDCs are the single most dangerous development that makes every authoritarian regime jump with joy. CBDC is the exact opposite of every value that crypto and the wider Web3 ecosystem stand for and on and on and on. The future is open and permissionless. It took a few years until we finally got rid of the private blockchain BS for good. And now we have to get rid of the narrative of CBDCs. So you see where the the thinking comes from, that blockchain as an infrastructure, whether it is for money, or it is you know uh, as a ledger to process document or invoices or or whatever it is supply chain should be open and permissionless and cbdcs are going in in the wrong direction what is your opinion here
1: so look let me first take uh, let me first take the concept that they are somehow dangerous and that is just Insane. CBDCs are as dangerous as the credit cards that you have in your pocket today. And most of us use credit cards or we use Apple Pay or Google Pay. We use some form of digital payment. That's not new. Now, so are they dangerous? Fundamentally, no. No. And, um, that's fear mongering. That's trying to make people very afraid when they needn't be. Um, and I understand Bitcoin maximalists in particular are, um, wed or have a religious belief for permissionless currencies. And that's a very nice concept until you want to go to your publicly funded by taxes, airport, or go to your hospital, which is funded by taxes. And unfortunately, um, if you really want to live in a truly permissionless world, people don't pay taxes. That's the reality. So you're not going to be able to fund society in this permissionless cash uh, world Forget about. Let's not even go into the volat- volatility of Bitcoin or the currency or the crashes of Bitcoin as we or of of FTX, which happened, or of or, or of Terra, all of which needed desperately needed regulation. But let's let's leave that aside for the moment. Let's leave Mission the.
0: Richard, because because there's always, you know, the examples from the traditional world, from long term capital hedge fund blow up and and the financial crisis and, and so on. You know, we, we both agree that we do need regulation.
1: Not on not on the scale. Look, no doubt about it. I'm not going to say I, I was you were we were both bankers for years. We both know that the traditional banking system blew up multiple times. No argument about that. But the scale versus market size of what you see right now with destruction for both Terra and now for FTX is Off the chart. The only time you could find something equivalent, you'd have to go back to the 1800s to look at, you know, massive bank funds. But look, let's go back to this centralization argument. So, um, are they dangerous? No. Are they the, are central bank CBDCs the uh, ultimate be all and end end all for authoritarian governments? No authoritarian governments really could care less if you re- you want to talk authoritarian governments go to myanmar go to iran go to places your money is the least of their concerns yeah. their real concern is throwing grabbing you locking you and throwing you in jail they don't need they can use any reason they want the concept that somehow central bank digital currency is an extension of an authoritarian government is insane, because the people who are saying this are missing the real power of authoritarian ga- governments, which is Im- immediate imprisonment for any <laughs> any so called uh, infraction. And if you want to really look at it, go to go look at Iran, where we've got we're up to almost two months of riots on the street over a poor young woman. who was killed in in police custody. So um, the concept that a, a, a severely authoritarian government really needs CBDC as a tool is absolutely madness. Now, let me take the China example real quickly, and I'll say this to anybody out there. China's central bank digital currency delivers to people in China greater degrees of privacy than what they have now through WeChat and Alipay. And you're, and people thinking they are sitting there and they're like, no, it's not. It's the worst. No, the reality is. The central bank digital currency is backed up by the toughest anti-privacy law or or toughest privacy laws in the planet that were passed this year in China. And they mean business. You have the the need for a warrant to unmask a person, just as you do you have in other countries. So. So the concept that somehow China's central bank digital currency is a spy tool for an authoritarian government is simply BS. Now, I'll give people this. The traditional banking system is less private than what you might be used to in the West because people have to put their money. More than three-quarters of the money in the nation is in what? State-owned banks. Okay, it's different. It's not Europe. It's not the United States, but the central bank digital currency does not give the government new and what I call, what I call new surveillance superpowers, like superheroes, not the case, whether it's China or the European central bank with the digital euro or someday with the digital dollar.
0: Richard, I mean, the question that I have, why would Governments or central banks uh, need more uh, um, authoritarian power than they already have. If we look at the world and we look at sanctions, one, capital controls, two, these are, you know, tools, if you want, that they have at their disposal, whether we're talking about, you know, uh, physical money, you know, digital of this form or digital of the other, why would they want more than that? And when people talk about, you know, the government is going to turn off and on your money, they can do it with sanctions and capital controls anytime.
1: Happy, listen. The number two or number one or number two thing complaint about central bank digital currency is the government is going to shut down your money. Canada, truckers protests this past year, 350 or 250 or 300, some, some 250 to 350 accounts all closed down in Canada. Canada is hardly a totalitarian state. You have a form of digital money today. If the government wants to shut it down, it can do it immediately. There is no benefit to them to shut down a central bank digital currency. It's not any easier for them. It's not easier for them to push the button or to get in touch with the bank to shut down a CBDC as it is to shut down a bank account now. So it is again, it is a, it is fear mongering. It is this trying to tell people that they are living in a different world to really understand privacy, to understand your limits as to what money can do. You need to understand capital controls. You need to understand what the state's ability or what the state's rights are over your money. And it's not what most people think. Now I'm not trying to scare people. But again, CBDC doesn't give government anything that they don't already, already have. Have.
0: have. Have, Richard. Now let's go to to a more detailed confusion that that I see in the market. Um, when when Singapore um, uh, announced uh, this uh, purpose uh, uh, purpose bound money, correct? Um, yes. Why is there confusion with that and CBDCs? I mean, tell us what the the Singapore purpose bound um, money is for those that don't know, and and why is there confusion with CBDCs?
1: Okay, so the root issue about purpose bound money in Singapore is programmability. And this is number three or number four on the list of I hate CBDC because they're going to program your money so that my favorite is that you can't buy beef or you can't buy something. Okay, And again, this is insanity. You have programmable money today. Let's look at the United States and let's look at the United States that issues debit cards. Two, what are called, it's called a social program called the food stamps. They used to have physical stamps, or I think it's called SNAP now, S-N-A-P program. They issue people debit cards. And you know what? If you don't use the debit card within six months, the money on the card expires. And it's only and, for food, Right. Yes, and you can't take the SNAP card and go to a gun store and buy guns, and you can't buy alcohol. Mm -hmm. And people want this. People want targeted money given by the government so that it's used for its appropriate purpose. Another example, the United States just gave away $2,000 in COVID stimulus payments. Much of this went straight into the bank because a lot of people didn't need the money, so they just saved it. Another yes. great example of why there was a the lot of fraud, of the uh, Richard. There was oh, a lot of oh, fraud. Oh, the, <laughs> oh, the, the fraud breaks my heart, and, and, you know. And, but anyway, yes. So let's look at the Singapore government, which has an active program of, of actual paper coupons, what they call vouchers. And these vouchers are for education, for rental payments, for social programs run by the Singapore government. And they're all on paper. And the person who accepts the voucher has to read it and say, what is this for? (laughs) Right? I mean, it's real, it's real old fashioned. So they're going to make a paper voucher Maybe, I don't know if it has a QR code on it or what, but they will be digital. And they will connect to digital money so that the money is used for its intended purpose. Who out there in podcast land could disagree with this use?
0: Yeah. So. But these are not CBDCs, right? They are specific purpose um, with, with an expiration. Subsidies if you want, or, yes. or whatever you want exactly. to call them.
1: They have they have limited places where they can be used or limited targets or where they can be used. And they may have they may or may not have an expiration date on them. I, I really am not I don't know exactly what the vouchers are in Singapore. But yes. the point is um people have two minds. About programmable money. On one hand, they read articles that tell them that programmable money is Satan incarnate. It is evil. It is wrong. On the other hand, if you ask people, Hey, should you give social benefit money freely that can be used for any purpose? They'll most people would say you're nuts. No, you can't do that. Okay. So. We need programmability. It is an important feature of money, and we already have it in many different nations where money from society, from government can only be used for certain purposes. So it's actually another area. It's not new, and it is super important. Now, you, Epi, the next step is going to be to say, well. That's government-given money. What about that money that you get from the bank? If I get a CBDC from my bank, right? Since when does your bank currently limit where you spend your credit card transactions? There is an example, actually, where some credit card companies in the United States have disallowed pornography, But in general, the great, vast majority of banks do not limit where you do. It's not their job to tell you where you can and cannot spend your money. And this is something, especially in the U.S., with gun sales, um, has been tested over and over. And you can take 99.999% of your credit cards in the U.S. and go buy guns. All right. So I mean, um, if, we've got if, it. We've got examples of this. If you have
0: a reason uh, to wanting not to be traceable, your, your transaction for whatever privacy reasons, it doesn't mean that you can't. I mean, are we talking about a world where um, where you foresee CBDCs being the only payment option? should we be thinking as CBDCs as just another payment option like you know credit cards like cash like you know wallets or 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 all the options that we have private stable coins do you foresee that we're going to be in a world um where this is
1: uh, uh, yes i i see central i see a future where you will have a digital wallet or several digital wallets, and you will pick how you want to pay based on what it is that you're paying for and what that payment is doing. And again, you have that today. I defy you. to tell me, people in the audience, how many of you have two or three credit cards One gives you mileage points. One you use because it's cheaper to buy milk or, you know, because you get cash back at your supermarket or something. So we have credit cards that have individual utility built into them. Ready? Programmability of some form. And that basically is... You choose to pay based on what the functionality of the card is. And in our digital future, you will have the ability to pick between crypto, stable coin, credit card, central bank digital currency. You'll be able to pick between multiple means of payment and pick the one that suits your payment needs. And that's choice and that's wonderful. But we already have A country, and I think there's more, you can correct me, but there's a great example with Italy, where Italy does not allow cash retail payments above 1,000 euro, meaning that for the shopkeeper, there has to be a digital record of a payment if it's 1,002 euro, okay? Now, What we can expect is a limit to the amount of cash transactions going forward to push transactions into the digital space because they will all have some form of traceability, if needed, about them. Now, traceability doesn't mean they got your name, but it does mean that the shopkeeper can say, look, this is my revenue on digital. It's, right. it's, it's so, to be able
0: to tax, right? At the end of the day.
1: It, it, look, it's all about taxation. And I have a soft spot, as do you, for permissionless payments where my money is private. Nobody knows what's going on. People don't pay taxes. That's the reality. And you, and you know, so people don't pay taxes. I have a friend on LinkedIn. His job is crypto forensics. He goes to find the forensic trail of where crypto went. And sadly, he tells me, he gets very upset about this. He said, I hate my job. I deal with child pornography and human trafficking every day. So if you want to talk about, To a person who will tell you the dark side of permissionless cat money transfer, talk to him. That's what he sees every day. And and forgive me, but our crypto friends gloss over this. Well, They sort of don't want to admit that it exists.
0: It exists everywhere, Richard, right? I mean, if we Uh, look at... right in the money laundering traditional world, right I mean look at the fact that what is the cost for anti money laundering reporting, and how much are we able to really catch if you want and prevent, which is very very low right and and the cost so it just shows what you says what you said the, the social issue of People wanting to launder money for purposes, it can be pornography, it can be arms, you know, those are basically the, the two big things. So why would this world be different? Um, and, and the issue is, can, yeah, yeah. can we, can we, can we, because of the transparency of a permissionless and the traceability, have a better world?
1: Uh, the answer is yes, and, but that's the fundamental issue. Why would, you see, the crypto world was founded upon a lie. And I'm sorry, people, and, and I like, actually like crypto more than this may sound, okay? But the fundamental lie was that this was a fundamentally good community that would use crypto for good, that my friends in the XRP community are all honest or I, I don't mean to pick on XRP but my friends in coin at y community are all my friends and they're good people people are are fundamentally not all good and that's something that society has been dealing with for a long time so yes you're right it doesn't change so that's why this concept that money should be completely untraceable completely free and open doesn't work in real societies with bad people, bad usage, and people with malintent. But I'm, I'm sorry, but that's <laughs> let me walk one thing back. Yeah. I love crypto. I think that the innovators in crypto were some of the world's best. I think that crypto has a right to exist. I don't debate any of that stuff. I'm not anti-crypto, but I am all for regulation so that exchanges like FTX and stable coins like Terra don't make up the numbers. OK, <laughs> so did, that, leave it, that for another day. But, you know, but yeah. you can't just have a, an open a Wild West free for all.
0: Yeah, I, I will I will add to that quickly because it's not our main topic. That, you know, um, all these businesses that, that you mentioned are really centralized businesses and, and we know what should have been done. It's a governance issue uh, and, and it's nothing different. It's all about leverage and commingling funds. And if that wasn't happening, that should, if, if they had taken, you know, the, the no, experience from the traditional world, none of this would have happened. For me, permissionless and open is um, a great, um, if you want North Star towards which we should aim, but really we should aim for a different governance model. If the law as we have it today and the regulation as we have it today doesn't work or needs to be replaced, it doesn't mean that will get rid of everything that we have and that works to the extent that it works. We need to replace it with a different governance model. Can we do that? That is what the Web3 innovators are out there and and the good people and those that will really innovate should innovate around that, around governance. Let's close Uh,
1: it. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's let, let's go back. Let's go back to C B D. Let's go back and and
0: and 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 um um put the spotlight on something fun now on a media person. His name is Russell Brand. He has over six million followers, subscribers on YouTube, and he talks about corruption, corruption at the state level, at the business level, in media, and so on. Recently, actually on November 1st, I watched one of his YouTubes and I'm reading a bit of an excerpt just to tickle you a bit or to throw the tennis ball. As the IMF politicians and the private sector discuss the move to central bank digital currencies, This will be leading to a brighter economic future for ordinary people or a social credit system or to control everybody's move. Then after that opening, he jokes about the world focusing on the energy inefficiencies of Bitcoin. Instead, they should be focusing on the fact that they are being lathered with the bubble of convenience of CBDCs. And this is, of course, you know, the the, the idea and the fear that China's social credit system is going to be exported to the world. What say you?
1: Richard. Oh uh, yeah, look, that's a that's a great one. Um I'm sure it was really Russell Brand is quite the showman so I'm sure he is his 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 delivery and 6 million audience. He's he's scared 6 million people and maybe if we're lucky, I don't know how many tens of thousands we might be able to reach happy, but you know, we're at tens of thousands and he's at 6 million. So we have a lot of, of points of, of of minds to change. So look, Social credit. I live in China. I understand what social credit is. Okay? Central bank digital currency is not the same as social credit. There is simply no means for a digital token to embed in it social credit information. The social credit information in China comes from... Very, it doesn't come from your payment history, unless of course you've defaulted or you've got real red, you know, problems. You're making a late payment to your gas bill. That's not your, that's not social credit. Mm-hmm. Social credit in China is about different things like this. Some of these examples may sound funny, but they're designed for small rural communities, whether you have a clean front yard in a big city like China, whether you cross the street before the red or the green person, you know, man sign comes out. It's for data collected from your interaction with society. Now, It's got nothing to do with payments. Minimal. The answer is very minimal except for bankruptcy, non-payment, Lots of late payment, you know, some real radical issue. Now, somebody's going to tell me, some astute listener is going to say, ah, but Alipay has sesame credit. Yes, it does, but that is not a social credit system. That is a credit scoring, a financial credit scoring that is misreported in the West as being social credit. It is not and so, it, and it is it is used
0: only by the private ecosystem of of alibaba or ant
1: yes it is used loans. within the ant, exactly it's used within the ant ecosystem for loans and you can get certain little benefits but it is a credit scoring it is not social credit and people in the west who are, who understand, who, who have heard of Sesame Credit make that error. It is just not what it is. Now, social credit is as separate from, it is, I, I'll, alright, I'll hedge myself. I'll say it is mostly divided from monetary credit and you have credit monitoring systems in the West. There is no place more obsessed with their credit score than the United States and to a lesser degree, the EU, where, where, you know, in the United States, the number of how much, what's your credit score? Check your credit score. It's insane. Now, ready. Richard,
0: Richard, I heard that on Tinder, you in the U S you put your credit score. I don't know. Can you cross that information? Because it's I, I like, have, hello, what's your name? How much do you make and what's your credit score? Oh.
1: Uh, number one, I haven't lived in the, the United States for 13 years. And number two, You're not on I Tinder. am definitely not a Tinder material <laughs> or Tinder age. So well, I, I left, have no clue about any of that. I left
0: the U.S. in in, in 2000 and I'm not on Tinder, but... You know, this is the benefit that we get on being on, you know, social media. Of course, there's a lot of fake news, but there's definitely an obsession with, with credit scoring. Um, and, and here, you know, it, there's two other things that I want to, to address. And I was not familiar with this until I prepared to, to speak with you. What is this executive order 14067 by the Fed that, you know, people say, oh, you know, this is it. They have it in place. They're going to turn off our money.
1: Yeah, this is the executive order passed by Joe Biden, or not passed, the executive order by Joe Biden, which says we need to investigate digital currencies, including central bank digital currency, both hotel wholesale retail, and stable coins. And, you know, it's not – and so what people – what radical people did was they took – Joe Biden's executive order for research, and they said, This is the beginning of the end, and this is where government is going to turn your money off. And I'm sorry, and you know, and or or, ready, let's let's tie it in. They will turn your money off, or tell you what you can spend your money on, or Develop a social credit system. You pick one of the three is always involved is always involved with the discussion. But um Joe Biden did a good thing. He actually decided it's time to research and get stable coin regulations going. Good. That we need to actually look and examine what a central bank digital currency can do. And if there's no reason for one, fine, that's up to your government, your Federal Reserve, your Treasury, all the various departments, it's interdepartmental, all of them are coming together. So, yes, that this is happening in the United States is fundamentally good, and fear mongers choose to turn that into a bad thing. And it's just, it's sad, but that's the, that's the world we live in.
0: Richard, uh, uh, I mean, we could talk to ours. One more uh, tennis ball here. Um, helicopter money, uh, quantitative easing, uh, devaluation of, of currencies, uh, monetary policy, whatever you want to call it. Our CBDCs, some believe that that will give, again, more power to the central bank for helicopter money. Where on earth did that come from?
1: I uh, you know I really don't know. Um, I apologize for what I'm going to say. It came from very ignorant people. Because the real issue here is not whether you get a two a two thousand dollar stimulus check, which was arguably well well not arguably it was very expensive, but that's not the issue. <laughs> the issue the issue is not whether or not you government prints a food stamp. Voucher or a food stamp CBDC. The real issue is how much government is spending and how much their bond issuances are. Governments can can with one stroke of a button can issue a couple of hundred mil a couple of hundred billion new treasury bills bonds into into a debt into existence with one computer keystroke. Remember that under the model for CBDC. The money goes from the treasury or central bank to the banks, to the people. So there's no way to push money to the commercial banks and give them a lot of cash. What are they going to do with it? They have to get it out to the people. So it's not particularly useful for normal on that transmission line. Now, people will say, but. The government will use it to give more $2,000 stimulus checks. Possible, not likely, because even there, as I explained, the $2,000 stimulus check is not what's breaking the U.S. bank account. Now, it is true. We have to be mindful, of course, of government spending on social programs. But understand this right now. That every year, the government has, oh, I'm I'm missing the number. I I only got one of the two numbers. The government right now delivers debit cards for all of its various social programs. $500 billion a year is lost in fees on these debit cards. Money that should go to supporting the poor is all getting sucked up by the duopoly of, of of WeChat Pay and Alipay, and I said five hundred. It's five hundred million. Pardon me. I think million. I said and this is for China. Right? No, for this China. is for the United States. For the United the States. United, the United States via its debit card system mm-hmm. yep. for social payments loses a half a billion dollars a year in fees alone. And it's it's just under one percent of the total amount of the program. It's 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 mind blowing. It so right. don't tell me about printing money. Tell me about the money that you're bleeding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That should go to the poor. That isn't going to the poor, and it's so, sad.
0: So so CBDCs uh, uh, should be seen more as a more efficient distribution mechanism of of money. It's not necessarily a new monetary policy tool that is going to change the the monetary policy philosophy of the Fed, the ECB and so on.
1: Yes, it is a it is look, people. Governments issue debt. That's what they do. Treasury bonds, treasury bills. That's, that's where your quote, big deficit is coming from. The printing. Now the you printing. can see. The printing. That's, you know, again, you print more by one bond issuance than you would ever deal with for stimulus checks or for social payments. Um, now, somebody might argue, oh, well, those social payments are part of the bond issue, which is true to a point. But frankly, you're missing you're missing where the real printing is going on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, you uh, you, you bring a, a, another huge topic that requires a whole um, um, uh, conversation around the um, social payments, social programs and so on, the rise. And the need of more social programs, be it UBIs, universal basic income programs, or other programmable projects like the ones from, from Singapore and whether these, you know, um can be more effectively and fairly distributed through programmable money. But that's a whole, uh, other, uh, discussion. So let's recap, uh, Richard. Shall okay. we recap? Okay so what were the worst ones that you've ever you know heard uh, that that we've discussed
1: number 1 on my list cbdc is the end of freedom now with that goes dangerous so cbdc is dangerous end of freedom uh, and what was the one that Arthur Hayes used? I can't remember who. Uh, really, uh, oh, they, uh, they, they are, they are evil. They are central banks.
0: Number... Central banks are evil, he said. That's... And, and commercial banks are our are, are allies.
1: So that's number one on my list. So that's the number one anti-CBDC fear-mongering issue.
0: The, 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 so, the, the destroying so money, the banking system.
1: Yeah. Okay. Number two. For, okay. So you want me to help you with yes. number two for this one? Ready? Number two. They're going to shut down my money.
0: That, that is- They can already
1: shut down your money. No additional CBDC is required. Talk to somebody who owes the Internal Revenue System a service in the United States a lot of money. You know what happens? They put a bank lien on. You can't access your deposit. Well, they shut I, down your money. That exists. Sorry, Richard.
0: I come from Greece. We had capital controls for over five years, right? So I was yes. put that one first. They're going to shut Go off my money.
1: Like, they did. I, I I I absolutely agree. Capital controls, as Greece had, is a fabulous example. And a haircut. Govern- and a
0: haircut on, ba- on 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 bank accounts.
1: A haircut. Oh, that would that was very sad. Yes, I. That, okay. you, it's good that you remind you remind me of this. Yes.
0: Yeah, haircuts. Haircuts exist on bonds, and on, and, and huh. on bank accounts, right? Checking bank accounts. accounts. So, so yes. imagine you're in a country where you have your checking account and all your investments in safe government bonds that get a haircut. How about that yes. for turning off your money?
1: <laughs> yes, and this is the European Union, not exactly a an authoritarian regime. Exactly, exactly.
0: So, so I think that we have these
1: um, these picks.
0: Um, we didn't touch upon uh, uh, digital identity and how it links to CBDCs, but we'll have a special episode on the fears around the surveillance and digital identity and and all the 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 the, the alternatives, if you want, to to follow us in this Orwellian world that we live. Richard, thank you
1: so much for this wonderful episode. Oh, Effie, that was so much fun. Thanks for having me. As always, my book, Cashless about China's central bank digital currency, is on Amazon. And I'm gonna say this, even though you all know us. We're both on Twitter, we're both on LinkedIn. Effie in particular is on YouTube. I have a little bit on YouTube, mostly Effie's videos What I'm in. But so please, if you if you disagree, Fine. Keep it, keep it civil. Write to me. I promise I will write you back. Rant to me and tell me that I'm a nut job. I tend to delete those. I get, I, I get those. So please, any reasonable, well thought out argument I'm happy to deal with, write to me on any of those platforms. Thank you, Richard.